You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And tonight, we are... Queens, what's going on? It is Josh here, and we are back with another episode of the Queendom Podcast this week. We are heading out on the cruise ships once again uh, with one of the swings on the breakaway cruise, Miss Lizzie Walker. We are excited to chat all things cruising, life, happiness, laughs, Instagram, whatever it is, you're going to find it here in this episode. Make sure you guys are keeping an eye on the official social media because we are gearing up to head back to work, ladies and gentlemen, town and tour are currently in rehearsals. Oh, I think they are. Um... They are gearing up to go back on stage, which is so exciting. So make sure you're checking out all the girls in the town and tour cast and the official social media. But for now, this is a podcast episode. So let's get down. I'm the queen of the castle. Get down, you dirty rascal. Get down. Hey, queens, and welcome back to the Queendom podcast. Uh, I am here by... I am hereby. There we go. We're off to a great start, guys. I am joined by Lizzie Walker from the Breakaway Cruise Cast. Hey, Lizzie, how are you going? Hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm good. Hope we're all having a wonderful day 3000 in quarantine. Not that we're counting, <laughs> but we're etching no. it into the walls for historical accuracy. Indeed. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, so, to start it off on an easy one, Lizzie, what's your favorite animal? Oh, okay. Um, I have so many. Oh my god. Um, but I love sloths. Sloths are like so cute. And um, I saw them in London Zoo, a little mum and a baby. And I must have stood there. They were trying to close the zoo, and I was like, nope, nope. I'm standing here watching this baby and its mum. <laughs> they are the cutest little things. And I feel like they're my spirit animal as well. So, sloth. Two questions in one right there. Nice and easy. <laughs> um, what's your favourite show that you've seen? What? Oh, my gosh. That is a hard one. Um, it feels like such a long time since I've seen anything as well. Um, don't even start. It's been like six months since my last one, and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it's been so much longer. Um... Oh my god, I can't even think. <gasps> well, I'm gonna say because it keeps coming to my head, Mean Girls for the minute. So I saw it on Broadway last year. Luckily, 
so that's what I'm gonna go with. It was actually so much better than listening to the album. I think that's probably yeah. what stuck with me. Like you kind of got, you understood it more. It really doesn't take 100%. yourself too seriously. So yeah. yeah. I, I loved that. Main Girls. I, yeah. yeah, that was, yeah, I agree. 100%, good show. Um, yeah. With all our time in quarantine, what's a TV show that you've discovered and binged? So, <laughs> my friends have just introduced me to a program called Selling Sunset. Now, if you're into trash reality sort of documentary TV, it is perfect. It's about um, these girls and um, these guys who sell real estate in America, in LA. So it's like really expensive, luxurious houses. But it also is the drama of like a real housewives. So they've kind of like merged these two aspects together. And it's actually amazing. Like, <laughs> if you're into that kind of like trashy reality TV, it's amazing. And the fights they have, but the fights they have, they're all like, done up to like the nines and they're amazing and then they go in and sell in houses and it's just like the most <laughs> bizarre thing but it really works <laughs> so yeah, oh, it's a quarantine. TV. <laughs> yeah. stuff you've made us watch <laughs> i know i know i have been watching some of the more intellectual things but that that is like oh. the one that stuck in my mind the most recent so <laughs> that's great i love that um so how did you get into the wonderful world of performing arts? How did you get into theatre? So as a very, very young child, I began dancing. Um, my mum and my nan had all danced for the same um, dance school. Funnily enough, just happened to be three generations of us. And um, it was just a hobby, just something to do, like local communities on a Saturday. And... Um, I think when I was about eight years old, my head of the dance school sort of said um, to my mum, does she want to join the AMDRAM, like the amateur dramatics, the local ones. And um, they were doing a production of Scrooge and I ended up being Belinda Cratchit, one of the Cratchit children. Um, so that was my first, my first dabble into musical theatre. <laughs> I don't really remember it because I was so young. And then I just kind of started doing more and more um, local stuff. And um, I think when I was about 10, I auditioned for Annie, for the role of Annie, cla a classic. <laughs> and um, that was the first time I think I remember being like, oh, I can actually kind of do this because I'd never played a part like that. I, I'd only kind of just been chorus or like done little bits. Um, and we kind of realized that I could sing and I still don't remember knowing that I could sing like I just did I just was like singing along to the the like this the album and was like okay cool and I'm like this is this is all right and then did that and it kind of went from there and I started uh I started with like an acting and a musical theatre group so then I really blossomed into like wow this is really what I want to do um that group did so much for me and just taught me so much and um, from there I sort of heard about a sixth form college which is our 16 to 18 over here might change now actually but um, then I went and did two years of musical theatre then obviously that was kind of um, conditioning us to go to drama school so from there audition for drama school went to drama school and yeah, the rest is history history and you were another one of the many 
cast from GSA, the the wonderful yes. school. Um, yes. It seems to be kind of a hot spot for <laughs> six casting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a funny one. But, um, yeah, they must, they're doing something right, obviously. 100%. <laughs> um, so speaking of six, how did you find out about the show? What, what was your introduction to six? I was actually on another ship doing Greece um, for Royal Caribbean on Harmony of the Seas. And um, I remember there was just a couple of people being like, oh, have you heard of this new show? I was like, oh, not really. Um, they said, yeah, it's kind of doing some bits. It's like gaining some traction, but like it's nothing like it's just been at the fringe, I think, at that point. Yeah, it was a, it probably was around the summer. My contract finished in the November so I think it was around the summertime it'd been to the fringe and um, they were maybe starting to do some bits in London and I think the only song I'd really listened to was ex-wives and we were me and my friend he's American and we were obsessed with Renee's riff like obsessed with it and we could not get over it um so that was the first time I was introduced to it. But luckily, when I got back from the ship, that's when they were doing their very first UK tour. And they came to Manchester, and that's my home, and that's where I was at the time. And my American friend was coming to visit, and he stayed with me for a few days in Manchester. And on a whim, I was like, well, shall we go and see it? Because it's here. Like, it's kind of, like, great timing. Let's go. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And the tickets were so cheap. They must have been about, like, £12 each or something. Or maybe a bit more expensive. <laughs> but not nothing that I was like, oh, God. Um, and we went and saw it. And I was literally like, I'm shook. Like, that was sensational. And the time I saw it as well. Um, so two of the girls had actually called in sick and it was only when Grace was the, the swing. So Lexi had to sit on a stool downstage left and perform most of the show and Grace had gone into the par track. So it kind of was like a weird thing to see. We didn't think we were going to see the show because in the beginning they... Um, there was a lot of delay and we kept being told over the microphone, like um, there's been some illness and we're really going to try and put the show on for you. But they kept pushing back and pushing back. And we were kind of sat there half an hour after it um, meant to have started. And we were like, are we going to get to see this show today? We're not sure. Um, so they must have been re-blocking backstage, like crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, but it went ahead and I was still as blown away by it, even with all the changes that um, the girls had had to put together very last minute, I'm sure. So that was my very long-winded first experience of six. <laughs> <laughs> so going from there, we'll just quickly touch on, because um, I was going to ask this question later, but we've brought it up. Um, obviously, six on the ship that you were on was with Norwegian uh, and you'd done a contract with Royals. So how did those two compare uh, ship life, performing life, um, Royal to Norwegian because Royal ships are notoriously big on the seas. Um, so what was that like? Yeah. Um, so my ship, when I first um, started on it was actually the largest in the world. So it was huge. Um, it's now the second. So no, not really a, a demotion <laughs> of sort, but like, <laughs> um, so that, that just the size, this, like the sheer size of the ship was quite drastic when I got onto yeah. the, the breakaway. Um, but on Royal, we worked a lot more in terms of shows. So we did 
um, six, uh, five, uh, five days a week, <laughs> five days a week, but we did six shows. Um, we did a one double show day and that was of our other show, which was called Columbus. Um, so we did, we did a few more working days. We didn't actually have to wear name badges on Royal. Well, correction. Some of us didn't have to wear name badges on Royal for some reason, like hierarchy is such a bizarre thing, but it's so potent on ships. And, um, some of the cast didn't have to and some did luckily i didn't have to but it did cause a bit of like friction and tension because people would be like well why can't i not wear one if they're having you know so it's a bit of a funny one but on <laughs> ncl that was eradicated because everybody had to wear name badges <laughs> so it was um it was quite interesting how the guests would interact with us on norwegian because instantly we were um they saw our badges so they'd come over to us and talk to us so that that was slightly different um trying to think what else there was the itinerary was different it was nice to see some different places on the breakaway um but i did enjoy being in miami more than um port canaveral in the lovely uh just just south of orlando <laughs> <laughs> because our um our turnaround day we didn't have enough time to go to disney and that was something that i was like please please can we go and we never got the chance because we didn't have time they, they were probably a bit more strict on ncl to be fair than royal royal was a little a little more um we could get away with a couple more things <laughs> <laughs> but obviously six just doing that show was just sensational so yeah let's dive yeah. into it then and let's unpack it um so <laughs> you finish greece get off the ship go see the show and then you hear hey auditions are up um so what was it like having that kind of buzz about knowing what the show kind of is having heard it then seeing it staged walking into the audition room being like yeah cool i could actually be performing this show what what was kind of going through your head and what were the emotions throughout the process so when I sort of heard that the auditions were around I got straight on to my agent and I was like please tell me you put me up for this show um, and he had and I got my first audition I was so excited but I think I was also very nervous and I bombed bombed my first audition it was horrendous like I was so embarrassed I went in and um, so I actually don't have much of a low range and I was singing Stone Cold, but because they asked us for a however cut, I just sang the end bit. So it was like quite a lot of like vocal, like straight away in your face. It's a bit like, whoa, but I didn't have to do the beginning bit, which is far too low for me. Anyways, so I do the bit and it's all okay. And they go, do you know what? We just, we want to see a bit more storytelling. So how about we go from the beginning? <laughs> And I was like, no, please, no. <laughs> so I just stood there and I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the piano starts and I'm literally like, stone, cold, stone, like nothing came out. <laughs> Sorry, my vocal cords don't vibrate that low, unfortunately. I just don't have it. <laughs> so I stood there and I'm just, my, my brain is in like overdrive. Like, this is awful. This is awful. They hate you. They hate you. They hate you. Like classic audition situation. And um, I was just trying to get through it. But then I'm also trying to like be directed and do what they're telling me to do by 
tell the story of the song, but I'm also going, this sounds awful, this sounds awful. And I'm like, but do what they're telling you to do, do what they're telling you to do. And then I just kind of finished and I was like, mm. and I just thought, right, they're gonna literally be like, thank you, that's all. And Toby, bless him, he must have felt sorry for me or something. And he kind of was like, he's like, what else have you brought with you? And I was like, thank the Lord, somebody out there is looking out for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did my other song and I, I kind of redeemed myself or I felt like I redeemed myself and I was like, Do you know what? I can I can leave the audition feeling a little better than I would have have they have said that'll be all for today. Um and I, I can't remember if in the I don't think they told you in the room at that point. Um so I was just kind of called my agent and told him what had happened. And he was like, it's okay. Like, don't worry about it. You know, some days, some days that happens. And then a couple of days later, I think I got the recall and I was literally on the floor. <laughs> I, was like, I was so surprised. I just thought, well, I don't know how this happened, but it happened. Um, and then I actually got really far that first time. I got to the finals. Um, and on the finals day, I think I was in for Seymour. I was just in for Seymour, actually. And um, I got cut on the finals day. And I remember being devastated just because I just knew that I was meant to be in the show. And I just kind of was a bit like just gutted that, uh, that I'd got so far into that process. And it, was, it felt so close. And then it was like, nope. And I honestly just remember being like, oh, wow, that, that one hurt. Some days you're like, yes, okay, I can take that because I didn't do my best. But I, I really felt like I'd done all I could have done. And to get the rejection was, it was a bit of a, yeah, that one was a stinger. But um, then it came round again for the tour cast. So I said, am I up for it? Yeah, you're up for it. Okay, in we go. I think I did the first day of auditions, two rounds of dance cut after the second round and I was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> and then third time lucky um I see that the auditions have come out again um send an email to my agent yeah I've submitted you and I knew I didn't have an audition because I knew exactly when the days were so um I cheekily sent a little email to Pearson Casting and I just said hey um I haven't received um a slot or an audition is there any chance you can see me on Monday and they were like yep yeah, come along to the dance audition and the rest is history <laughs> love so, James and Rosie go it, go take yeah absolutely <laughs> um I just I just had this weird feeling that even though I got the nose to begin with I would I'd be on the tube or I'd be wherever and I kind of would see the poster on the escalator and I'd look at it and I'd go I know this is meant to happen I know it is so even though I'd had the two no's already I knew in my heart of hearts I was like I will be in this show and whether you yeah whether you're a believer of that kind of like manifestation thing or not I I just knew I was just telling myself and I just had this feeling that I am going to be in this show and yeah. here we are today. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. um, so that third time, obviously for those that don't know, Lizzie is a swing um, or cut alternate, whatever, either way, whatever floats your boat. Um, the third time through, did you 
were you auditioning for several roles or was it just Seymour again that you were seen for? Yeah, so I also weirdly had a feeling that I was going to be swing. I don't know what, I don't know why I had that feeling, but the, I kind of, I guess I never necessarily saw myself in one of the queens. So I think that was, that was something that was kind of in the back of my head. So this time round, when we started to get material, um, I was told to look at Aragon, I think it was Aragon, Berlin, Seymour and Howard. Yeah, those were the four that I looked at. So for my very first material audition, I sang all four of those. Um, and then I think when, when we did our like penultimate day, I did, it was a bit, we didn't have too much time. I remember that day because they, they were trying to see everyone do everything, but then they were like, we've not got enough time. I, can't, I think I only did Berlin and Howard on that penultimate sort of finals day. And then on the finals day, I did all four. And I was so ill on that day. I was living um, probably about 40, sort of 40, 50 miles outside of London, which actually doesn't sound too much, but um, I had to get the train in and out each day, which a lot of people do. It is a commuter area. But I was having to get up at like half five to warm up, eat, get ready, have enough time either side. And then I had to walk to the train station, which was like a good half an hour walk. So I'd been doing that a lot with six and a couple of other auditions. So I was so unwell and I just um, so run down. Luckily, I still had a voice, but I just felt so ill inside myself. And for some reason, now this doesn't ever happen to me because my last name being Walker, I'm obviously the bottom of the list because everyone always goes in alphabetical order. But this time round, I go first for the four parts <laughs> that I'm auditioning for. <laughs> so we're all sat down. We've all done our like Queen's introduction where they have all six of us do the beginning of the show and they like see everyone's um, chemistry and whatnot and move people around. And then they're like, well, first we have Elizabeth Walker for Aragon. And I was like, no, please, no, I'm never first for anything. So that, that was that. And I'm sat there in the corner, like literally holding all the strength together that I can because I feel horrible. I have to go first. And then we get to Berlin. Oh, it's Elizabeth Walker up first. I was like, no, please, no. And then Seymour, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was like, please stop this torture. And then, of course, when it came to Howard, they were like, well, I wonder who's up first. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so that was honestly traumatic. But yes, to answer your question, I knew this time that I was up for swing. But funnily enough, I never auditioned for par. I was just about to I say that. I'm like, I'm looking at who you covered and I was like where did par come from <laughs> I never had a sniff of par and obviously was singing for Berlin and then they just absolutely flipped that on its head like I don't even know if there was one part that obviously Liv wasn't auditioning for and she covered I can't remember if it was it was between like Berlin and Aragon I think it was those two that they'd swapped around I can't remember if she went in for par but um that was such a shock to me and I only, I only found that out at my costume fitting so we hadn't we hadn't been told um I just had I'd just been offered um the contract of swing and they didn't say what characters I was playing so when I got to my first costume fitting Gabby goes um so do you know what parts you're covering and I'm like uh 
no. And she went, well, that's fantastic. We're fitting you for these parts. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Hearing the pipes apart. And I was like, oh. I, I literally was like, oh. Because <laughs> I think I remember obviously being so intent on learning Heart of Stone because that was the first one I was up for. But then the listening to the par song kind of became the thing that I loved the most because I wasn't oh. so stressed about it and wasn't like attached it to an audition. I just yeah. was like, I can listen to this song and enjoy the beauty of it. And so I, I'm, I was like overjoyed when she told me I was being fitted for par. I'm just scrolling through Instagram feeds. You don't have a, f- yes, you do there. Yes. You're, I'm just like, you're alternate. Like I, li- I love the teal and like all your variations are just so amazing um so with your yeah. <laughs> with your costumes what, what one's your favorite what what variants your favorite so think think my howard one made me feel like an absolute super queen i just don't know what it was about it i think it's like the sort of like sexy cute edge that it gave me that i just loved because i I wear the top for the all of them so the top obviously never changed that um but i think i loved the howard costume the most like the little k and the skirt and i just felt so like cute and sexy and it just really put me in very much the mind frame to do the part as well and I think that is such a massive thing that Gabby has created and it yeah so I was um just that was probably my favorite just for the way it made me feel and how I connected with the character through wearing my costume which is kind of crazy but yeah good segue to my next question (laughs) um (laughs) obviously you've got three kind of you've got the three deepest characters in the show I think Mm. um from kind of a content perspective and just like an emotional perspective with their songs. Um, So what was the first track that you focused on? What was your, what was your process in learning them? Yeah. So we, um, we were both given like a first, first cover, if you will. And it was, mine was Seymour. So for the first sort of, two and a half weeks of rehearsals that was my main one that if we were ever doing anything or learning the harmonies of they would kind of like concentrate on that one it just seems like a a way of a process to do that you focus on the one learn the show as well and then we'll quickly slot you into the other two and just keep an eye on what they're doing so um I concentrated hope well not wholly on Seymour but very much on Seymour was keeping an eye on the other girls and what they were doing um we had yeah about two and a half weeks to do that and then we had about two and a half days to turn around into the next character and then another two and a half days to turn around into our last character so it was it was stressful I've never been a swing before um never never really like understudied prop like professionally either so it, it was like really new for me a lot of new learning techniques a lot of information to take in and to process and to do to a quality of standard and um it was a lot it definitely was a lot I remember in rehearsals I was on the phone to my mum and I was like I don't think I can do this I honestly didn't believe I could because it was just so information dense and 
so detailed it just felt so overwhelming for that first couple of weeks and and then at the end of the um of our last um swing run it just felt amazing to sort of see what I was actually capable of even though my brain was going you can't do this there's no way you can do this to then have gone through the three tracks and done it in such a small space of time I remember being like wow that's an accomplishment yeah it wasn't my my most amazing work but I got through it and that was kind of all they wanted from us and we I think you kind of put yourself on this really like stressful pedestal of being like you must be amazing and you must get everything perfect for this swing run and they, they did tell us they were like guys honestly it's so chill it's so relaxed we just want to see you get through the show so we can like give you some notes and help you sort of um take that further when you get on the ship and you've got lots of time on your hands to refine um I put far too much pressure on myself and the Howard oh my god I remember doing Howard that was my last cover and I was like no way am I getting through this song and getting the lyrics correct because <laughs> Liv used to sit with me on the sofa and I'd literally start the track and I'd be like here we go she's like girl you've got this you can do it and I, I just forget all the lines and I'd be like oh my god I'm stressing in the flat and she was like stop it it's fine it doesn't matter I was like I'm never gonna learn these lyrics <laughs> <laughs> now we've had your three amazing cast members that you covered on the podcast before um so <laughs> what was it like kind of learning these tracks alongside amy amelia and georgia and kind of seeing it all come together together and then being able to place yourself in between the three and yeah it it's um, super just you kind of don't even know how it happens because it just happens. So the first, the first time I went on was actually, it wasn't a proper show. It was the crew show. Um, so we went on for like a crew show, me and Liv. And then I remember the first time I went on for Seymour, it was for the second show, Amy'd hurt her neck. So that was a bit stressful, but um, to answer your actual question, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't actually, no, sometimes I just like do things and try not to think about them too much. I think I'm so sort of inward sometimes that I don't, I don't like see the bigger picture and I just kind of just like focus on myself and put myself in the place. But they were always so amazing and so supportive and they couldn't do enough for me when I had to go on for things. And G used to always say to me before we'd go on, she'd be like, we've got you, whatever happens, we'll cover it, like, don't worry. So just from that perspective, just having the girls being there just took like a massive weight off my mind. But it was amazing to sort of see the show and um, watch it. But for me personally, it was easier to, I like to rehearse backstage after a while of watching it because there's only so much watching can do. And I yeah. could watch it at any time on the video. So um, I was someone who liked to rehearse backstage and just practice 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 is that my way to like slot myself in i don't know i really didn't answer your question then but <laughs> it's all good let's try another one though <laughs> um, out of the three tracks what did you find the most difficult to either connect with or learn um i would say so there's really quite a process for seymour for the song and they kind of put you through it. Um, we didn't 
Amy had a private session on that because um, we do a lot of exercises as well in our first week of rehearsal that everyone's a part of and that was quite emotional for Seymour um, and then her private was obviously we didn't we didn't see her process for that but um, once we got onto the ship I had mine with um, the MD and the director and they honestly really put you through it emotionally they kind of try and figure out what is the thing that you need to connect with um that takes you to that place with obviously without hurting you so much but they they do kind of break it down to that point where you the floodgates just open and you do feel that emotion that really the song is about and whatever way you connect to that but what i think i probably struggled with was maybe recreating that on stage because i'm yeah. quite a private person and can be can be like a small amount standoffish with my emotions to begin with so for me it was hard to try and recreate that to a point that I'm not bawling my eyes out on stage and can't sing the song, but obviously not just playing the emotion and not really feeling the emotion. So that, that was probably one of the hard things to do with Seymour um, show to show, to recreate something, make it real without going too far, but going yeah. far enough. That, that was, that's quite an interesting thing. Um, but Howard is also that song is just is hard it's just a hard song especially with our stage probably being like two times the size of the arts theater because that the amount of like running around you do you have so much more space to cover so it's like cardio like it's pure cardio while singing so kind of just I was just not going through the motions I don't like to say that but I did struggle the first couple of times I went on from it to try and do my best without literally thinking what is happening next and what am I singing next so those probably my two main struggles with the characters that I played Pa's easy she's she's the best she's just like stand and sing <laughs> have a lovely old time <laughs> um out of all that then what what was your favorite part to learn what was your favorite moment to kind of piece together and then have that moment of yeah cool we've got this um I would say pa just because I feel like character wise I'm quite like her as well so and just her part of the show is so beautiful her message the one she drives it home and her story and I just really, really enjoyed doing that part and being in that place at that time and singing that song. Because she has, she has the intimate sort of small beginning and then she also has the powerful, even during the first part of I Don't Need to Love, that powerful, like, you know, remember I did this and I did this and look, all these things I've done, I'm a woman, like, and then obviously the, um, the end bit, but just really connected with her and it always kind of felt like the pieces fell together when I did when I played that role I never had to stress too much about part it was just quite a comfortable place for me to be so nice and easy yeah um, the show in general uh what is your favorite moment in the show there's so many um I do think I like the moment that we flip it on its head 
and the audience were like, oh, you've been playing us. <laughs> I honestly think that's my favorite moment because we've been, we literally, obviously, as it said in the story, we've been, oh, hello. We've spent the whole show portraying this idea that everyone connects with, like, women fight, women want to get one up on themselves and all this business. And then we just turn around and go, yeah, we knew what we were doing and you went along with it. We got you. We got you to check yourselves. That for me is just such a good moment. And then you've got the rest of the show to just be like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we love an education. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, what, what was your favorite moment in the show to watch? Like, what was that kind of moment every night that you were like, oh, this is just too cool um it's it's probably the the bit where it's like um where they all come together at the back and it's like i mean i'm gonna attempt to sing but this is gonna be horrible please don't judge me on this it's the bit where they're like but tonight i'm singing this for me and then it just like explodes and they come forward and it's like henry yeah i'm through and it's like oh yes every time i get to that part watching that i'm like (laughs) I hear that kind of harmony start and I'm sitting there like. Yeah, you literally yes. feel the momentum and you're like, yes. this yes. is so good. We're telling you that we don't need you. Yeah, oh, we're on the same page. I got you. Yes. <laughs> um, so sharing, obviously you'd had the experience being on a ship before um, and you also did burn the floor on the breakaway as well um but what was it like going from a big cast such as greece um down to a tiny cast and sharing kind of that confined space together and living together essentially what was how did you did you like the difference between the big cast and getting kind of connect to connect more um, so funnily enough, with having a big cast, I feel like you find groups, um, there's, you still go into those little groups anyway. So we never spent time as a whole cast because you had so many different characters that actually didn't necessarily get along with each other. So I ended up in a small sort of similar sized group anyway in my other cast. I got with everyone, never really had a problem with anyone. Um, but yeah, so I used to hang out in a sort of similar group, but it was... Um, it was nice to have the girls and sometimes I'm not much of a girl's girl like I I kind of have that energy of like I like to be around boys just because I'm not I don't do the drama really like I'm not too into it and stereotypically even though that's what the show's about sometimes that is created with girls (laughs) Um, but it was kind of amazing to do something with a group of girls just girls and feel the power and we all got on so well like i can't even tell you how much we got on and we all used to hang out in each other's cabins all the time and just chill and it was it was really nice to just have a group of girls and do that so yeah it was it was really nice differences to see between the two casts but i think you always end up being in smaller groups anyway so Like the big, the big casting wasn't really like we didn't feel necessarily like that big of a cast. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, so you've had the taste of Aragon and Berlin. 
Um, so if you got the opportunity to cover the other three roles that you hadn't weren't haven't covered already, who would you choose to cover? Arrogant, easy peasy. That wasn't even a second thought just then. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> She's just I think I'm not necessarily a comedy queen and I feel like Berlin and Cleves definitely have that edge. Um so I, I think I would feel less comfortable portraying them but I feel like I really connect with Aragon's energy like she's a fierce strong queen telling her story and um I'm really into that so I think yeah. definitely if if I had a choice of a fourth cover that would be the first one I'd go for yeah easy um now another pick and choose um you get to choose a lead costume to choose what what color whose costume are you jumping into i actually think again not to sound like a broken record but arrogant (laughs) (laughs) i like i like the full body kind of situation and we all have our obviously insecurities and she i think she's the only one that has like her full body covered so not have, doesn't have like a crop top um, skirt or pants situation. I'm trying to think. Berlin? Oh, yeah, of course, Seymour. But um, I, yeah. I'm not, sorry, Gabby, I'm not too into the Seymour dress personally. Um, for me, that is. Just because my proportions wouldn't look good in that dress. So I think that's more, personally, I don't vibe with it just because of how I think I would look in it. But the arrogant, yeah. oh my God, uh, yeah. I would absolutely vibe with that outfit. I just love the gold and the spikes. It's like, it's like a hundred percent, like knowing like Aragon and having read about her personality and type of, it's literally like her personality in material. Like it's like, yes. And the new Aragon costume is sensational. So Yeah. yeah, I would, I would love to, have a go at that <laughs> <laughs> um learning the show getting to know your characters what are some cool things you found out about the the queens or their time um well I, <laughs> on the ship i used to watch the tudors that's literally how i got into it because uh, sorry i got so into it I it's sat such to a watch good show though <laughs> So racy, but so good. Um, I just, I really enjoyed that period of time history-wise. We learn about that obviously in school. And um, I just think it's fascinating. And me being kind of like a feminist and that kind of woman, it's interesting to see how they dealt with these things and just par as well, like how she kind of was like, no, I'm going to do all these things that women aren't really meant to do and go against everything. And and it's interesting, obviously, the Howard story and just to look into that and see how kind of manipulated she was and how young she was and mm-hmm. just the stories are just so, so interesting and so amazing to portray. And we'll never really know what happened. Also, that's kind of a very interesting fact. It's like, yes, we have one side of the story. We'll never really know the other side. But yeah. what actually happened? Because... You know that it can't be a whole truth. <laughs> I That's can just imagine different. the crowds the day that time travel gets invented. Like, 
I just keep thinking about how many people are going to travel back to the exact same moment in time and see all these other people like what actually went on like come on <laughs> I would like honestly I, I was thinking about this the other day um I got asked one of, one of the girls was doing a Q&A and they said um what would you say to Henry if he was here if he were here and um that's by the by but basically I was thinking of like time traveling I was like oh my god it would just blow my mind to go back to that time and just see what was actually going on obviously be passive I wouldn't want to be there in my like everyday clothes and then be like what are you you witch we're gonna burn you <laughs> but um I would oh I would give a lot to be able to go and see what happened and what went down and maybe give him a slap if I could but yeah that would be a bonus <laughs> That's great. I love that. Um, so obviously on the ship doing two shows, how did you go coping with kind of that workload and learning burn the floor along with six? Um, it was funny actually, cause I really didn't do anything for like the first two months. They just kind of, um, which is making sure everything was right. Everything was up and running correctly. And um, our PSM was kind of like, we're going to let Christmas happen and then we'll get everything going for you. Cause we, I think we got on the ship on like the 3rd of November. So early November and then two weeks we opened the show. So there's only about six weeks till Christmas. And I actually wasn't initially the cover for Burn the Floor. And then there was some stuff that happened. So Liv's then became the main singer and I sort of put myself forward to be the cover for burn the floor and all around christmas time it just kind of exploded so i was steadily like working my way through still the civic stuff and just refining and um they asked me to then host the christmas show as well for the guests so i had to like write the whole show i was given the material for what we were doing but i was asked to write all my speeches all the connecting part and I am not an MC like that. I that is not a redeeming quality of mine. So I, I was so stressed, and I had to learn it all. And I am that girl that leaves everything to the last minute. So we're talking like the day that I had to prepare, had to have this prepared. I'm like still writing and trying to learn this awful, awful speech that I was doing. Um, but also, they were like, "Oh yeah, you now the burn the floor swing, so you need to learn all of this." And I was like, my head feels like it's going to explode. I bet there was something else as well. It just, it was like um, buses, like three of them came at once. And I was like, ah, like I haven't been doing anything. All of a sudden I have to do all this stuff on the ship and get it all right. Um, so it, that was a little bit overwhelming at first. But once I kind of learned all the burn the floor stuff and got Christmas out the way, it was, um, it was fine. Yeah. And it was nice. It was nice to be able to um, just stand and sing as well because you don't have to. There's a tiny bit of choreography, but in comparison to six, when I had to do so much stuff and remember so many things when I was covering this, I was like, well, at least I just get to park and bark at the back and no one's really interested <laughs> in what I'm doing. Here. If I make a mistake, nobody cares. <laughs> like, um, nice so in simple. that respect, it was a bit easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from your cruising experience what's been your favorite port that you've visited um there's been so many Cozumel was always a winner just because there was so much to do and jeeping around the island was just amazing um 
so Martin was another one where we used to get quad bikes. This was on my last contract, sorry, not on my sixth contract. Um, we used to hire quad bikes, so there'd be like two people to a quad bike and we'd just go around the island and see stuff that you wouldn't usually see. And I also really liked Grand Cayman or the Cayman Islands because it had a bit of a vibe of home. I think it's still like British territory. And um, we went to, they had sort of turtle sanctuary there and they had this little bit of um, water and they decorated it all. And there was turtles in there that you got to like swim with, but you actually did. And they were just like bobbing about and they were the small ones, but it was really cute. You got your little snorkel and your mask and you sort of swam around this cute little mini ocean and there's just these turtles just like swimming past you so i love turtles that's another one of my favorite animals so that was a very happy day yes (laughs) green sea turtles loved it they obviously weren't the ones we were swimming with because they're massive but um also i'm gonna have so many i'm gonna stop there because i could go on all day um St. Thomas, this will be my last one, I promise. St. Thomas was another amazing one. Um, It's a shame on the sixth contract that we only had a very short period of time because I didn't get to take the girls to this place called a little island off of the actual main St. Thomas. And it's called Water Island. And that's where I had my first experience of actually swimming with real turtles, like in the water, free sea turtles. (laughs) So that was like sensational. And just to be out there, it's um, an area that you will see them. So, I mean, it's not 100% guaranteed that you'll see them, but a lot of people see them in that area. So just swimming around. And then we did see a couple bobbing about and you got really close. And yeah, that was a really beautiful memory. I love that. (laughs) Um, So talk to me about the experience of inviting the queendom into your life, getting, having that announcement put out and then all of a sudden having... yeah the support come your way <laughs> well I um it was funny because before I went away I met my friend at the theatre cafe and I had a bit of this extravagant idea because if you've seen my Instagram we we like a good quality post um <laughs> if I do say so myself that's horrible that's really big of me but this um, is great because I'm literally like sitting on this post right now that we're about to talk about this is great <laughs> with my friend and I was like B, do you mind I was like I'm gonna do something really cheesy she was like I know you're gonna do it. it's fine come on like I'll take the picture and then the one of the guys behind the the uh till were like we'll take it for you because it's a bit of an awkward angle and I was like okay amazing and me being me I was like do you mind if you like get all of this in and I have to be here and I have to be central of the post and I have to be like <laughs> I have an eye for detail and I shouldn't be sorry yeah sorry not sorry about it um so this guy was looking at me like wow you're you're like crazy and I was just like tee <laughs> So obviously I had that taken and when I got to post it finally, I was like, yay. Um, but I still feel like it, it took a little while, I think, for um, people to kind of not be interested in us. That's not the right word to use. But I, I remember it not really popping off until we were on the ship. And that's when we start, um, started to kind of gain a bit of interest and stuff. And um, yeah, it's been amazing. I also think that being home in a weird kind of way has elevated it um, elevated the support and the love because I've 
managed to be able to talk to people a lot more on the ship it's really difficult to have um a continuous conversation with someone because you're always in and out of internet and you pay for your internet so you can't be well you can be on there for hours but you'll just spend your wages buying internet which was not my thing um I didn't have like somebody back home or like obviously my family but I didn't have like a boyfriend or a loved one that I wanted to um had to keep in contact with so I really was like I'm not gonna spend loads of money on wi-fi because you can just throw it away without even realizing so I think it was hard to be able to connect with them with the fandom as easily as you would if you were at home so as soon as we got home I was managing to speak to a lot of more people and it was really nice to be connecting with people from all over the world like you're in Australia I speak to people in um, the Netherlands America um, so it's just amazing and I've loved every minute of it it's it's such a beautiful thing that this show has created this yeah. the fandom and created this like support and love of each other it's amazing to be a part of yeah that's a really good note to wrap us up on Lizzie thank yes. you so much for coming and hanging out um Guys, if you don't already, please go check out the spectacular feed that is Lizzie's Instagram because <laughs> we'll spend hours just scrolling through there because it's legit. You can, you can literally see the attention to detail because <laughs> there is not one bad post on here. <laughs> don't scroll too far um, down. That's where it gets a little like a little. You can see where it kind of kicks back into play. But <laughs> um. Queens, so go check out Lizzie's Instagram. You know where to find us. That's Oz Queendom and the Queendom cast. To wrap us up, Lizzie, final question. From your sixth contract, what's your favorite on board, on, uh, let's go on board and then on stage memory? On board would have to be my birthday. I won't go into too much detail, but it was uh, just an amazing memory of all of us together. We were in the Bahamas. We had an overnight. We had the best time all together so much fun was had um and then on stage I'm actually going to twist this with the funniest memory although I have many of those because I (laughs) I made a couple of mistakes um but when we were doing get down when Jess said come on get up get up get up a guy jumped onto the stage leapt onto the stage and I was I was on for Seymour and I literally was like, <gasps> shook him. Like you kind of see me, because we have the recording, you kind of see me like half doing the choreography, half staring at this man, like what is he about to do? Get him off the stage. And Jess was just like really chill. And she was like, all right, love, you can get down. And he, like fair enough to him. I think as soon as he got on stage, I think he realized that that was not <laughs> acceptable. <laughs> so he, he quite like he jumped off quite fairly but that will stay with me forever <laughs> that is the perfect note to wrap us up on that is <laughs> that's, oh, what a wonderful time Queens that does bring us to the end of the episode so thank you for coming and hanging out with us and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the Queen of Podcast bye
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.